Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedda from the Comment and Analysis Desk. A risky strategy or an overdue modernisation? John Elkan inherited the Agnelli family business six years ago and since then has made investment and other moves that have shifted the group's focus from Italy's car industry, say Sarah Gordon and Rachel Sanderson. To Fiat and Ferrari, he's added US reinsurer Partner E, taken a stake in The Economist and set in train a move of the headquarters of the family holding company Exor to the Netherlands. Investors and analysts are divided over the wisdom of his strategy. This report is narrated by Rachel. As John Elkin leaves an Italian restaurant in Munich, he's stopped by a young couple. Can I have a picture with you? asked the woman, giggling at her temerity. He responds with the ease of someone accustomed to such requests. Mr Elkin, softly spoken, is as near to a superstar as you get in business. His grandfather, Gianni Agnelli, was the uncrowned king of Italy and the preeminent European statesman industrialist of the 1970s and 1980s. His grandson, the 41-year-old Mr Elkin, is best known to Italians as the owner of Juventus Football Club and the car companies Fiat and Ferrari. But behind the scenes, New York-born Mr Elkin is transforming Exor, the 12 billion euro family investment business he inherited, taking it far from its roots both in Italy and in industry. It is a metamorphosis involving big bets on sectors where he has little experience and, in the process, he has severed ties which have traditionally supported the company in times of trouble. Rodolfo de Benedetti is chairman of the family-controlled industrial group Cheer in Italy. He says Mr Elkin has had the vision to do a number of things from a corporate structure standpoint. He has simplified. He has focused on a few key assets. Mr de Benedetti and Mr Elkin are merging their family newspaper assets in Italy. I have a lot of respect for what John has done, Mr de Benedetti says. For many analysts and investors, the direction in which Mr Elkin is taking Exor involves significant risks. For others, it is a long overdue modernisation of the Agnelli family's approach to managing its wealth. Exor's share price has risen 265% in the past five years since the restructuring began to take hold. Still, nothing symbolises the shift more than the decision last year to move its headquarters from Italy to the Netherlands. It marks the end of an era not just for the company, which at its peak in the 1980s controlled directly or indirectly nearly a quarter of the Italian stock exchange, but also for Italy. Appointed to the Fiat board in 1997 at the age of 21, Mr Elkin became head of the family seven years later after the death of his cousin Giovanni, the dynasty's original appointed heir, and after Gianni Agnelli and Mr Elkin's uncle Umberto died within months of each other. 
Given the relatively unhealthy state in which Agnelli Sr. had left the business, teetering on the brink of bankruptcy, and Mr. Elkin's own inexperience, many expected him to buckle under the pressure. David Harrow, chief investment officer of Harris Associates, which owns 7.3% of Exel, says, John took a very modern approach to the portfolio. What often happens in these things is that people get attached to certain assets, but John did away with any kind of legacy loyalty. The relocation reflects the increasing diversification of Exor's portfolio, both geographically and by sector. Throughout its history, its assets were dominated by fiat, yet the carmaker's holding company, FCA, now makes up just a quarter of the Exor portfolio. In Turin, which represents the T in fiat's name, there are 34,000 fiat workers compared with the 100,000 employed at its peak. It remains, however, highly geared to the cyclical and capital-intensive car industry, raising questions over whether it will reduce its exposure further. There has been a successful spin-off of Ferrari, where a $9.6 billion initial public offering in 2015 reduced Exxon's stake to 23% and offloaded some of FCA's debt onto the luxury carmaker. The planned 2019 departure of Sergio Marchione, the chief executive widely credited with turning Fiat round after it came close to bankruptcy in 2004 and then steering it through the merger with Chrysler in 2009, is reviving speculation over FCA's future. Mr Marchione hinted at the Geneva car show last month about a possible tie-up with Volkswagen, but analysts consider the better-suited partner for FCA to be General Motors, although Mary Barra, its chief, has balked at even meeting Mr Marchion. In early March, Mr Elkin insisted to the Financial Times that there were no talks or long-term plans to exit the car business. Sergio has been very clear about the merits of consolidation if well done, and I have been very clear about it, and I haven't changed my mind, he said. The biggest gamble Mr Elkin has taken is the $6.1 billion purchase last year of Partner Re, a US reinsurer, after a bitterly fought takeover battle that resulted in Exxon paying a 24% premium for the company. The all-cash deal was Exxon's biggest, and bankers say Mr Elkin's greatest challenge is to justify the price he paid, even though subsequent deals in the sector have been similarly richly valued. The purchase has brought with it a number of heightened risks for Exor. Partnery is the only large investment in which it owns a 100% stake, and the company makes up 34% of the portfolio's net asset value, where it is held at its acquisition price. To finance it, Exor has had to take on a significant amount of debt, $4.1 billion by September 2016, bringing its loan-to-value a key metric at investment holding companies to more than 20%. Mr Elkin says this has dropped to 18% and that figure will be further reduced by more asset sales. But as a private company, Partnery has increased the proportion of unlisted assets in Exor's portfolio. The consequent drop of its exposure to listed assets from four-fifths to just over a half has been marked down by the rating agencies as negative. Carol Masudan an S&P analyst says unlisted companies are trickier to sell as well as to value. 
Partnery is a significant transaction and it means a different dynamic in the way of managing the portfolio. Exor has eroded its flexibility for the current rating level, as Masoudan says. Mr Elkin dismisses such concerns, saying that if he needed the cash, the group has access to other liquid investments and that the average maturity of Exor's debt is over five years. Ironically, while the deal has on the surface diversified Exor, it has also left the portfolio concentrated in two big bets, cars and reinsurance, with most of the remainder of CNH Industrial and its media assets. And while insurance may be a less volatile business than cars, Exor has little experience of the sector. Reinsurance, which assumes risks from other insurers, is also not the business it once was when returns in the mid-teens were commonplace. Mr Elkin says that what was a very good business is now a less good business, but insists it remains a pretty good business, particularly when compared with returns in the car or media industries. The latter two sectors, though, face huge margin squeezes and therefore provide flattering comparisons. His big bet on a US reinsurer is the clearest signal yet of the changes he has wrought. Others are less financially significant, but also indicative of a new approach. A deal to fold La Stampa, the newspaper owned by the Agnellis for nearly a century, into the company controlling rival La Repubblica is one. Another is the purchase of a 43% stake in the Economist Group in 2015. Mr Elkin says he has paired his investments with more disciplined benchmarking than he has previously been the case and that investors support the direction in which he is taking Exor. But however sanguine he sounds, Mr Elkin must balance the needs of very different investors in a complicated ownership structure. In Italy, he is commended for having kept the Agnelli family united, a feat many other Italian dynasties have struggled to achieve. I think having the family is actually a plus because it's not an easy shareholder base. Most of the family shareholders' wealth and reputation is linked to our family business, so the commitment that it gives you as an organisation is a very important one. Institutional investors are challenging on a shorter time horizon, he says. However much he downplays it, managing the family investors is a challenge. The decision-making process the family follows is baffling in its complexity, as well as apparently inflexible in its desire to keep their hands on the reins. The family controls Exel via its holding company Gianni Agnelli, which has a 53% stake in the investment arm and a board made up of two members from each of the three family branches, as well as two independent directors. The board has power to replace Mr Elkin as head of the family and Exel chairman. Succession, though, is not an imminent concern. Mr Elkin, both chairman and chief executive of Exel, has the potential to run the company for many years. He argues that he is held to account by a strong board, with seven non-independent executive directors and eight independent, including Mike Volpe, the former Cisco executive-turned-venture capitalist, and that there is no need for any governance concerns. If you have too many people, a non-executive chairman and the executive director, then you end up complicating too far and sometimes governance has gone to extremes, says Mr Elkin. Quite lean organisation and power structures are more effective. Mr Harrow says he has no issue with Exor's corporate governance, since, as a shareholder, Mr Elkin's interests are aligned with those of other investors, and that, unlike his grandfather, 
who was snapped by paparazzi partying on the Italian Riviera with Jacqueline Kennedy. Mr Elkin appears the antithesis of many of his peers in the global business elite. John's greatest skill is listening and asking questions. When I sit down with him, he almost asks more questions than I do, says Mr Harrow. Yet while Mr Elkin has built up clout in boardrooms across the world, they remain controversial in Italy. The Agnelli family's diversification away from the country has annoyed those who remember Fiat's reliance on state incentives for car makers in the 1980s. On the financial front, Exxon's room for manoeuvre is limited by its current leverage, which means it will struggle to fund further acquisitions or boost dividends. It is increasingly focused on the US at a time when the policy environment for manufacturers there is uncertain and when growth prospects are more exciting in Asia. And it is more rather than less concentrated after recent transactions. Despite the partner reacquisition, Fiat Chrysler still accounts for a quarter of Exxon's net asset value and four-fifths of the group's earnings before interest, tax, depreciation and amortisation are dependent upon the US. While Mr Elkin has sought to evolve a new model for the dynasty, he is inevitably drawn back into the past. People close to the family say the defining characteristic that unites the heyday of the 1980s and today is that the sign of the dynasty was matched by a strongman CEO. In Gianni Agnelli's time it was Cesare Romiti, today it is Mr Marchione. History suggests that finding a successor for Mr Marchione and defining the future of the cars business is likely to determine Mr Elkin's success in growing the family wealth for the next generation. The latest episode of The Next Five podcast is all about AI and the business travel sector. I speak to Tim LaBelle, head of product for SAP Concur Spend Solutions. We'll have so much data that our travel will be safer. Shelley Fletcher-Bryant, VP of Advito. AI can certainly contribute to more eco-friendly travel practices. And author and public speaker, Theo Lau. AI can help us predict when it will be a peak travel, more delays, cancelled flights. Listen to the full episode of The Next Five wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy. Enjoy.